Welcome to episode three of the Hypno Toad podcast on the Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. It's Andrew Zimmel getting you ready for Big 12 Championship Week. Did you think we were going to be here? Boy, oh boy. When you told me before the season when the over-under was set at nine and a half wins for TCU, I was inclined to take the over just the way that the conference looked between Texas trying to figure their stuff out, Oklahoma losing Lincoln Riley. I was inclined to take the over. If you would have told me that TCU would be a perfect 12-0 and going into the Big 12 championship and a chance to play not only in the college football playoffs, but have a chance to potentially win the whole thing, I might have called you crazy. And I feel like a lunatic. I feel like an insane person to say this, but I feel even better after this entire college football weekend is done. I feel better about where TCU sits. So, a little bit of a rundown. Here's what we're going to do. we got to talk about the six teams that are in, right? The four teams that get in and then the two left out, the bubble teams. Because these two bubble teams are very interesting. And if you live under a rock, you already know or you might not know. But we're going to go through them. And we're going to go through all the situations where I think TCU gets in pretty much no matter what. I think they've punched their, their ticket. Then, of course, we got to talk about Kansas State, the rematch. What can we expect from the Big 12 Championship in Arlington at Jerry World AT&T Stadium? And then, of course, I want to mention uh, our fearless leader. Okay, we got to talk about our fearless guy who's up for a major award. And I'm hesitant to say that he will not win it because I've been wrong in the past. But I, I want to get into the history of the uh, Davey O'Brien Award. All right, here is is. Okay, TCU actually moves up one spot. They've been sitting at four Pretty much since the first college football playoff rankings came out, they've moved up one spot, and that is in big part thanks to Michigan. Now, we're not going to talk too much about the game. We're not going to talk too much about Ohio State-Michigan. That game was incredible. The voters did exactly what I thought they were going to do and just move Ohio State down one spot. They've essentially said, we love Ohio State. We love the Buckeyes. We like Ryan Day, C.J. Stroud. We like those guys. Michigan had their number in the shoe. Michigan looked like the better team for four quarters. They really turned the screws in late. That wasn't a game. The game was a lot closer than it was made out to be. Okay, The final score, if you missed the game, it was a lot closer than the score made it out to be at the end. Okay, Ohio State's a good team. Ohio State has a chance here to play in the football playoffs, college football playoffs, if some things roll their way. But TCU, they move up to three. So here's your top four. Georgia undefeated. At one, Michigan undefeated at two. I think a big reason why Michigan is two and TCU is three in these polls is because of the shellacking Michigan did in the fourth quarter. Because I think if that game is a one score game, if Ohio State is playing to the final whistle like they should have been, they didn't. If Michigan doesn't win that game by the margin that they did, I think Michigan would be still three and TCU would be two. Because TCU scored 62 points on Iowa State on a defense that a lot of people around the country were talking about being the only good thing about Iowa State. TCU took them behind the woodshed, beat the absolute dog out of them, 62-10. to And because Michigan kind of beat Ohio State the way that they did, they sit at 2, TCU sits at 3, and USC at 4. Now, USC is the only team with a loss that's in the four. Now, this is where things get interesting because USC lost that game to Utah. They have a rematch now this weekend on Friday. USC is a three point favorite. 
get a rematch against the Utes. Utes looked good in that game against USC early. But what I'm curious is, is that if USC would have lost this game last week, would they still be four? Or would they fell fell further back? It's always interesting where and how much like pressure we put on these losses. Like if you lose a game in week one, I just don't think that it holds the same amount of salt as it lost last week. Right? If Ohio State and Michigan played in week two and Michigan beat Ohio State, do we think that both teams would be in the final the final four? I think that they would. I don't think I or Ohio State would have fell at all, honestly. But because it happened last week, that's why they're five. Now, five is Ohio State. Six is Alabama. So, of course, every pundit in the world wants to talk about the teams that are locked in, the teams that are not locked in. So, without further ado, I will tell you, Georgia's locked in. Georgia is a 17.5-point favorite against LSU in the SEC championship game. I am inclined to believe that LSU is going to be playing closer than 18 points. I think that they're going to cover that spread for sure. Georgia has fallen asleep behind the wheel a couple times this season. I think if there's ever a team in the SEC to beat Georgia, it's this LSU team. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying if all the cards are on the table here, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I think LSU is the type of team that could beat this Georgia squad. Georgia opens up a 17.5 point favorite in the SEC championship game. Their their numbers locked though. Georgia loses this game. They're not falling out of the top four. Michigan plays Purdue. Now Michigan and Purdue. Purdue barely a Big Ten team. Purdue barely has a winning record. They are in the Big Ten championship. Just an absolute joke. When we talk about the best conferences in college football, even with Texas and Oklahoma leaving and the teams that are moving into the Big 12. UCF, Cincinnati. I still like the Big 12 where they're positioned because the Big 10, until they figure out how to have the two best teams play in the conference championship, there's an asterisk to me. There's an asterisk there because these are not the two best teams in the Big 10. The two best teams in the Big 10 played last week. And if the Big 10 was a serious conference, those two teams would play each other again this week. But they're not, and Michigan is oddly going to roll through Purdue they're 12 and 0. If something strange happens, say quarterback goes down, Harbaugh gets the flu, can't coach, something strange happens. Michigan doesn't win that game against Purdue. I could see a situation where they fall out of the top 4, however, not likely. TCU at 3. Now this is where everybody's talking, could TCU fall out of the top 4? I'm here to tell you that is not happening. I'm here to tell you that TCU has punched their ticket. They're in the Final Four. If Kansas State absolutely rolls through the Horned Frogs, which I don't think is going to happen, which I'm full disclosure, that is not happening. But if it does, and TCU gets shellacked, then they would fall out of the top four. But right now, the way everything's looking, I don't think that TCU loses this game, and I don't think they'd fall out of the top four. USC at four is interesting. Because I think that USC, of all the four teams, they're most likely to lose their game against Utah. Because Utah should have won that game by more points when they played earlier this season. So of all the four teams, I think USC is the one that is the clear cut, has the biggest chance to lose. All right. TCU, two-and-a-half point favorite in the Big 12 championship game. USC, a three-and-a-half or three-point favorite on Friday night playing Utah. Okay. The last time that TCU and Kansas State had this uh, showdown. The last time these two teams played, 
you remember it because it was one of the biggest wins of the season. TCU got that 38-28 win after trailing 28-10. Now, I like to look at the season, and I do this for football, college football, NFL. I look at the season as where does this go on the championship DVD? What I mean by that, when we used to make DVDs, when we used to buy the DVDs after the championship, you'd buy the DVD. Somebody would edit all the highlights, the lowlights, the touchdowns, interceptions, the highs and lows of the season. Right? You buy this championship DVD, and you could watch it back, and you could remember the highs and lows. You could remember the pitfalls. You could remember the journey of how we got to this point. How did TCU win the Big 12? Okay, On that championship DVD, the win against Texas, that 17-10 win in a defensive showdown, that game is going to be highlighted. On that championship DVD, it's going to show the 28 unanswered points that TCU scored in that game against Kansas State earlier this year. That is going to be on the championship DVD because that's a defining moment. A defining moment of the season was that comeback win. And that, to me, showed that TCU was a legit team. Because if a team that's not legit, a team that is not built to win a title, would roll over there. We've seen it happen before. Oklahoma's done it before. Alabama has done it this season. Tennessee did it this season. Clemson, ACC, they're done. They're not playing for anything this year. All of those type of teams rolled over at some point or another. They said, we're down by too much. We're done. They don't have that dog. They don't have that fight. They don't have that toad in them. They can't go after them. They can't go after the win. TCU showed me, showed us, that they had that in that 28-10 deficit to turn into a win, grabbing the win from the jaws of defeat. Love to see it. Here's what's interesting. In that win, the TCU defense pitched a shutout through the second half. If you told me today, gun to my head, that that's going to happen on Saturday, I would say you're crazy. I think that this is going to be the type of game that everybody has to show up for, and I think that that is going to happen. Sonny Dykes, in his first season at TCU, has kind of shown what this what this culture kind of looks like. He really has taken the baton from Gary Patterson and, and taken that next step. And I think this is really interesting because somebody brought this up after TCU was named third in these final rankings. They said that TCU is the team that when you look at the last two decades of college football, right? You look from 2000 to 2022, the last two decades, TCU has consistently been the team that gets the short end of the stick. You think about 2010, that Andy Dalton team that won the uh, Rose Bowl against Wisconsin, that team should have been playing in the national championship against the Auburn Tigers. That team should have, could have, would have, in my opinion, beat Cam Newton and Auburn. Instead, Oregon got the, uh, got the bid. The BCS system was screwed up. We all know that. The computers spat out that the Ducks should be playing in the national championship instead of the Frogs. And, you know, history is done. Right? You get the Sports Illustrated cover framed. Cam Newton wins a Heisman, wins the national championship. That should have been Andy Dalton's national championship. I'm still salty about it. 2014. TCU on the outside looking in in the first college football playoffs because the Big 12 didn't have their championship. Didn't have a Big 12 championship game yet. And TCU got left out in the cold. Because of that, now we have a Big 12 championship, and that's why we're having to play this game on Saturday. 
Now, I do think I mentioned this last week on the Hypnotoe podcast, which you can go to subscribe to on Spotify. I did mention last week that I think that it's a good idea to have the Big 12 championship. I know a lot of people haven't been in love with it. I know a lot of people aren't, you know, enticed by having a round robin conference where we all play each other and then having to play a team again. I understand that. But I do think that beating Kansas State the way that we beat them earlier this season, having a chance to kind of bring them back in and beat them worse this time is beautiful and should be worth mentioning here. Kansas State is 10 in these college football playoff ranking polls. So it would be another top 10 win for TCU, which at the end of the day, does it matter a lot? No, but it does help the resume. People have been kind of throwing out the SEC schedules, the Big Ten schedules. Michigan had one of the easiest schedules this season. They're number two. They play Purdue, a rollover game in the Big Ten Championship. TCU's schedule has been one of the hardest, okay? And now they're getting to play Kansas State again. It's got to count for something, is my point. It's got to count for something. I do want to wrap. So I, I have TCU winning this game. I think that Max Duggan and the entire trio, the wide receiver room, that has been incredible all year long. I have a feeling that they are going to go all out. Right now, the over-under is set at 62.5 from what I found. You probably could find it maybe for 65. I'm going over. I think that both these teams score over 30 points. I think the TCU covers their 2.5-point spread. I think that they win by 3. Uh, at least I'm going 34 31. 34-31 because you get the two and a half, so you can get the field goal. 34-31 is going to be the final score of this game. We'll see if I'm right. Um, USC will lose their game on Friday. Again, that kind of helps, I, I think, in underrated type of way. Having the Pac-12 championship game the day before, you have an idea if you're TCU that if USC loses, I don't know if it's a little bit less pressure, and I guarantee you that Sonny Dykes and the guys in the locker room aren't paying attention to it. We are. Fans are. I think it gives me a little bit less pressure because if USC wins their game, then it is a, it's a must-win, period, point blank. But it feels like there's a little bit more riding on it because if TCU loses, that probably will be it for their uh, playoff chances. If USC loses their game, then TCU can kind of play with their food a little bit more. Granted, I don't think that they will. I don't think that they should. The urgency needs to be there. It will be there on Saturday. But the Pac-12 championship game on Friday night does give me a little bit more pause, give me a little bit more confidence, especially if the Utes can get it done against the Trojans. All right, I want to wrap up on this. We keep these podcasts short for you guys. You're welcome. All right, want to wrap up on this. The Davey O'Brien finalists, okay, because our guy got named, our fearless leader, Max Duggan, he was named to the Davey O'Brien Award finalist list. Now, there's only a couple of guys on this list, and we're going to get to those guys in a minute. But I thought it was interesting because TCU's had a handful, I'm not going to say a ton, a handful of quarterbacks who are deserving of this award. It came to my attention that there's been two guys who should have been nominated. One guy was nominated. Here's the answer. Andy Dalton wasn't nominated for this award in uh, 2010. Boykins was in 14 and 15, which is interesting. 
He was nominated. He did not win, though, because the winner of this award, nine times out of ten, if you ever played NCAA, the video game, if you've been paying attention to college football in the last decade, you know this answer. The winner of this award, nine times out of ten, wins the Heisman Trophy. So the other nominees are C.J. Stroud and Caleb Williams. And what gets even more interesting to me is that both of those guys are going to be first-round draft picks, potentially number one overall picks. So Caleb Williams at USC, 3,700 passing yards, 34 TDs, three interceptions, and 86.8 QBR. C.J. Stroud for Ohio State, 3,300 passing yards, 37 touchdowns, six INTs, 87.6 QBR. And then our guy, Duggan, 3,000 passing yards, 29 TDs, three interceptions, 79.7 QBR. Look, I don't think that Duggan's going to win this award. I wish that he would. I don't think that he will. But the Boykin stat was interesting. So he got nominated in 14 and 15. The guys who won the award, Lamar Jackson in 14, ended up winning the uh, Heisman Trophy that year. And Deshaun Watson, yeah, that guy. Deshaun Watson from Clemson, he won it in 15, uh, did not win the Heisman Trophy, however. So, He's got his work cut out for him if he's going to try to win this award. I don't think that he will win the award. It is nice that he has been nominated for it, though. Kind of one of those, you know, ceremonial. It's nice that our guy is kind of getting his flowers. TCU as a program deserves all of the credit in the world for developing uh, this kid and, you know, getting him to this level. Again, it kind of feels like the chip on the shoulder is there, especially for me, I think for this team as well. The chip on the shoulder is 100% there for the Horned Frogs because this is a team that should have been number two, but Michigan got their win, so they're number three. This is a team that everybody in the national media is talking about. Could they be the team that gets knocked out? Could USC be the team that gets knocked out? So you have the chip on the shoulder there. Duggan's going to go to New York or go accept this award or get nominated for the award have to be in a room with these guys who are going to win it. He's comparing himself to Caleb Williams at USC, who has a chance to be a number one overall pick next year, who Sean Payton was talking about today. The NFL is going to have to fix their draft process because he's that good of a quarterback. Side note here, every time that everybody has said one of these guys is this number one guy, it's only happened like twice in my lifetime. It's Peyton Manning and... That's kind of it. Trevor Lawrence, we're still trying to figure it out. These number one overall picks that you are for sure, this is going to be a great guy, sometimes they don't work out. Caleb Williams, maybe he'll work out, maybe it won't, I don't know. But he's going to be a number one overall pick potentially, a number or first-round pick at the least. And then, of course, C.J. Stroud, who is a preseason favorite to win the Heisman, who is minus 2,500 right now, the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. He probably needs to be the odds-on favorite to win this award uh, because he probably is going to win this and then win the Heisman Trophy. So we'll see what happens. All right, wrapping it up, I want to thank you guys again for uh, making us part of your day. And uh, hopefully we can talk to you next week as we amp up for the college football playoffs as TCU might be playing Michigan, could be playing Georgia, will be playing in the football playoffs. we got to will it together. That is going to do it for the Hypnotoad Podcast, Episode 3 on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.